Thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, oh yeah, those basketball Spartans got a massive massive win on Saturday. We, of course, talk about that. And I also add eight things that really impressed me from Saturday's game. And will they continue throughout the rest of the season? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, well, hello, everyone. How on earth was your weekend? I... Mine was pretty good, I would say. My favorite college basketball team won a massive, massive game. And guess what? Uh, We're we're actually going to talk about that game a little bit on today's show. That's right, Michigan State, 68. Purdue, 65. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. It's it's starting to smell like March around these parts. Uh, Before we get to just babbling about this game for the next 30 minutes, hey, I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. And also, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I'm sure Tyson Walker would want you to do that. I don't know. I shouldn't speak on his behalf. Uh, also, if you want to hit me up on email, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. With any questions, comments, concerns, anything you just want to get off your chest, yeah, that's that's the email, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Let's talk about this game. Let's talk about it. Uh, what a what a way for Michigan State to get off the schneid. Uh, this is the best I've felt about a regular season when, oh God, and, well, okay, I was going to say quite some time, but no, it was actually probably just last year against uh, Michigan or, you know, when we beat Illinois. Or, you get the point, though. It's been a while since uh, a regular season win has been celebrated this hard. And it's not just because, you know, hey, it's always fun to beat a top five team. That's just fun in its own right right there. But wow, um, things were spiraling out of control for this team, in my opinion. Coming into this game, losing five of their last six. It was going to get a lot, a lot harder before it got any easier as, yeah, okay, big bad Purdue is coming into your barn. Oh, and by the way, you got to do two road games within 48 hours after this week. Like, th- this could have gotten in a real, real sticky situation. But nope, Michigan State had a great game plan. Uh, the, the fellas played outstanding, and uh, yeah, just picking up a nice little win here late in February. Now, I, I gotta say, uh, I I thought for sure uh, they were going to be in danger of not just losing this game, but also losing out the, the rest of the season. I mean, you get to a point where, uh-oh, you've lost eight of your last nine. Don't matter how bad Maryland is, that, that could damage a psyche, but no, this gets you back on the wagon. I did not see this win coming at all. At all. And uh, I I get some things wrong on this podcast like that. I did not think Michigan State would do it. However, I feel pretty good about this. Uh, We did suggest on Friday's show, if they were to win this game, here's how maybe there's the path there. And of course, it is just going solo on Zach Eady and Travion Williams. Masterful, masterful coaching game plan by Tom Izzo and company. Uh, Just like we said on Friday. Okay, let Edie, let Williams get their points. And they got their points all right. Uh, 36 combined points between those two uh, stellar players. I got to say, pretty, pretty pretty good players. Um, 48 points uh, in the paint total for Purdue. Uh, good. 
let them get those points in the paint because Purdue, that's the best three-point shooting team in the land. No, not just the conference, in the whole country. They shoot it at a 40% clip. And when you double Edie, when you double Williams, uh, you're leaving one of those guys open that can absolutely kill you from behind the arc. But nope, Tamizzo said, hey, uh, Julius, uh, hey, Marcus, sorry to do this, but uh, you're going to be on your own island against uh, two guys that look like mythical creatures out there. Uh, good luck. Hey, go get them. And that's, that's what they did. They held Purdue to just nine three-point attempts. They only made one. It's hard to get in a rhythm when you're only shooting nine three-pointers the entire game. Uh, and Purdue is a team that not just shoots the ball well from three-point land, but they shot it often. They came into the game averaging 23 three-point attempts per game. Well, how about nine for you when you come to Breslin Center? Uh, MSU played physical in the paint. They were not afraid to foul. And yeah, despite what Purdue fans want to tell you, like, oh, they, they got away with so many fouls on Edie, like... Okay, uh, Edie was feeding Julius Marble his elbow for lunch, and also Jaden Ivey threw more stiff arms than any Heisman Trophy I've ever seen in my entire life, and I don't remember a lot of calls that way, so yeah, um, if you want to be upset about the lack of foul calls, don't know what to tell you, try just to not lose the game again at the buzzer, maybe do something different than that. Anyway, uh, the, the game plan, and we'll certainly get more into it, uh, it, it was fantastic. And there's eight things I'm going to bring up in the next two segments here. But right now, with March approaching very fast. And my God, did that Saturday feel like March, huh? I mean, six of the top teams in the country losing and also number nine Texas Tech. Uh, whew, the sun was out. It, oh, it just felt, oh, mm, March Madness right around the corner, baby. So, on one hand, this game on Saturday, uh, it takes care of any worry about making the tournament. That's great. But also, we have to talk about this as well. Uh, does it fix everything? Did, did Saturday's win just... Is, is everything all peachy and uh, sunshine and rainbows? Eh, not really, because that 5-6 of six skid uh, still did hurt Michigan State. It doesn't erase the last three weeks of basketball. And what I mean by that is right now, Bracket Matrix, which combines 112 brackets from the internet and averages out all the seeds... MSU right now nets out as a 7.3 seed. So right now they're on the 7 seed line. Boy, does the difference between a 7 seed and a 6 seed just seem massive. For that second round game, should you get through your first one? Not really sure how jazzed I would be about playing, oh, I don't know, a, a 2 seeded Duke as opposed to a 3 seeded Tennessee. Seems to be a pretty big difference there. So right now... Bart Torvik has Michigan State squarely on the 7-seed line. A 35% chance to be a 7-seed. They also give Michigan State a 25% chance to be a 6-seed. Okay, that's great. But also on the other end of that, a 20% chance to be a 8-seed. So, it's looking pretty clear that it's either going to be a, a 6, a 7, or an 8. Uh, right now, how do you get to that 6-seed line? Okay, Bart Torvik tells us, if you win 3 of your next 4 games. Daunting task, but doable, especially if they played like how they did on Saturday. Yeah, you go to the road at Michigan, you go at Ohio State, home Maryland for senior day, and then Big Ten tournament could be Northwestern, Minnesota, Maryland again. Uh, who's to say? But let's say you win three of the next four. Okay, that should, that should get you to the sixth seed line. Bart Torvik tells us if we punch in, okay, Michigan State goes two and two the rest of the way. 
that will keep Michigan State on that seven seed line. And if Michigan State turns right back into a pumpkin and just goes back to a one and three stretch to end this season, that will put them on the eight seed line. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what's on the menu here for Michigan State. Keep winning, yeah, I know, really really bold strategy there, but yeah, that that's where it's at right now. Michigan State on the seven line. But it could have been a lot worse if, uh, well, you, you didn't win against Purdue. At least you're giving yourself that shot of getting up to the sixth seed line. And I think if you lost Saturday, that would have been a very, 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 very minuscule shot of getting up to the sixth seed line. So, hey, good on you, Michigan State. That's going to help because uh, March is squarely in our sights. I know it's it's January, February, Izzo, April. So, yeah, it's... Things like this seem pretty important around uh, East Lansing. So, yeah, that's why we spend most of this first segment talking about tourney uh, predicaments and uh, situations and scenarios. So, yeah. But, uh, hey, we're going to talk about more about this game and what it means for the rest of the season and beyond this season here in a hot segment. But first, I have to talk to you beautiful people about betonline.net. Woo! Football. Yeah, uh, it might be over for the season. Goodbye, football. But basketball. Oh, yeah. We are full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. So from all the latest odds, totals, play performance props to where on earth is the next fired coach going to land, yeah, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it ain't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey. For boxing, for UFC, and don't forget golf, baby. That's right. Woo! Uh, so head to the website today. Use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and action. That's right. It's bet online where the game starts. And before talking more about Saturday's awesome game, hey, I just want to talk about how awesome you are because you make Michigan Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, eight things that really, really got me, just really got me good from from Saturday, and we're gonna start. With, and there's a lot of players you can start with. We're going to carve through some of these players very early on. And I think it's appropriate to start with a point guard, but not the point guard that said uh, good night and good luck to all the Boilermakers. Uh, we're going to start with A.J. Hogard right now. We're going to start with A.J. Hogard, and this just goes beyond the rest of this season because, truth be told, and I was going to wait a few more games before I really got into it to talk about this, but I was starting to get worried about next year. And not just from an X's and O's standpoint, but also the leadership on this team. Uh, you might be losing Gabe Brown. You might be losing Marcus Bingham. And, like, yeah, they're, they're leaders, and but I don't know how vocal of leaders they are or if they're as prominent as yeah, Cassius Winston would be. That's always a good example. Or Draymond Green would be for this example. A.J. Hogard displayed incredible leadership on Saturday. And also, well, throughout the whole week leading up, uh, Julius Marble after the game said that A.J. Hogard told him all week that he wanted to guard Jaden Ivey. That's that's a big-time assignment to just want to beg for. And, yeah, it seemed to work out. Ivey, uh, yeah, he got his. He got 15 points, which actually isn't too great of a game for Ivey, especially when you put into account that, well, Ivey coughed the ball up five times. He had five turnovers. So... Uh, Marble said that Hogard told him, quote, they better put me on Ivy. I'm going to make sure he has a tough day. That he did. Throughout the whole game, you could see Hogard just talking to Ivy. And I highly doubt they were talking about what after-school clubs they uh, belong to in high school or uh, you know what, what's a good spot to travel to over spring break coming up. Um, no, I, he was jawing at him pretty good. 
And also, the last few minutes, just putting the game in his hand. Hey, AJ, uh, we're running into a tight spot here. We just saw our 11-point lead dwindle down. Here are the keys. Go, guys, to victory, big guy. And that they did. And all of this after, all of this after, on Twitter, he tweets out, uh, hey, for anyone's, uh, any fans that have doubted us, uh, we see you guys. You're kind of being like, don't, don't doubt us. Which is like, what? Okay, you guys just lost five of your last six. How? And you're doing this before playing Purdue? That kid knew what he was doing. He knew what he was talking about, and yeah, that kid's got an edge to him, and I absolutely, positively love to see it. I also love to see, you know, the 11 points, 6 assists, that doesn't hurt your game either. He had incredible vision uh, throughout the entire game, but it all goes back to that defense. His defense has been so impressive this year, and there's no situation more impressive than what he just put on on Saturday against... Yeah, a guy that's probably going to be a lottery pick in Jaden Ivey. So, absolutely, positively have to start with A.J. Hogard. And let's just go right into the other guy. Tyson Walker, absolute stones on that shot to win the game. Sure, yeah, he like he really had no other choice but to shoot it as you know the shot clock was winding down. However, once he got Williams on him, it was like six, five seconds to go on the shot clock. He said after the game, that's when he knew he was going to be taking the final shot. When when he got switched on to Travion Williams, and okay, well, it's time to put one right over your head and, uh, yep, cash it. All right, good night. See ya. Safe travels back to West Lafayette. Um, listen, hey, if you've listened to this podcast the last few weeks, uh, you know I've been pretty, uh, pretty critical, if not just outright concerned, about his reluctance to shoot the ball in situations that even resemble the slightest bit of pressure, right? Like, sure, he had a good second half against Indiana. A lot of those points came, though, when the game was out of reach. He had a really good second half against Illinois, or he had a really good second half against Illinois. That game was certainly 100% out of reach by the time he started to shoot. It's like, Tyson, my man, let's start shooting the ball like when the game is still going on and not just going through the motions of running the clock out here. Uh, No, he was fantastic. Five shots in the first half. I remember he took that second three-point attempt. He missed it. I was fist-pumping on my couch. I was like, at least you're shooting it, my man, because you're a good shooter. You can do it. And look at that. Look at that. I I think it's very clear that there is maybe some confidence issues going on. But it's also clear that he was starting to get out of it a little bit. And um, I I quite literally, quite literally cannot think of anything uh, that can boost confidence more in someone than... We'll just sink in a last-second shot at home against a top-five team to uh, kind of get the stank off of a really tough stretch for your team. So hopefully, hopefully this continues. Hopefully he knows that, yeah, I'm a guy that has to shoot here. Uh, Let's be a little more liberal with our shot-taking. So that was fantastic to see from Tyson Walker. Get on with your bad self. Just, mm, God, sensational. I still cannot believe he did that at the end of the game. Thank you for your services, Tyson Walker. And let's take a trip down to the front court right now with number three of the things that really, really impressed me. Um, and that was Julius Marble and Marcus Bingham. Hell, you know what? Let's throw Matty Sissoko in there, too. He just played a few minutes, but uh, he made those minutes count. was all over the floor. Even got even got a point off a, off a free throw after some really strong efforts. So good on you, Sissoko. Now, the other two guys, Marble and Bingham. Uh, Marble got the start. And he looked good. And listen, this is no easy task going against Edie and Williams. Uh, they got, yeah, okay, they got picked apart 
pretty good. Uh, Edie goes for 10 of 15 shooting. That's also what he's been shooting the entire year, like upwards of 68% on the year. Williams goes 5 of 9, and that's kind of where he's been all year as well. So they kept him right at their average of the season on defense. But, of course, when you watch the game and realize that they didn't have any help, like the entire game, that's where it gets very impressive. Again, sensational game plan to just let things unfold in the paint one-on-one. -on -one. Don't beat us from beyond the three-point arc. With that said, though, with the game plan, you need players that are going to help execute it for you. And it sounds crazy that 36 combined points between two guys is something that we're going to applaud because it's not easy. Uh, listen, Zach Eady, he, he, 7'4", that's very, very, very hard to defend, especially after well, you're getting his elbow in your eye more times than not when you're trying to defend him. So, no, the box score, it didn't look great, but uh, if you watch the game... You understand how daunting of a task that was. And yeah, just holding them to 36 points, that was fine. Obviously it was fine. Of course it was fine. They got the win. That's that's the name of the game, baby. So uh, between those two guys, very, very well done. Uh, there was that like two-minute stretch in the second half, too, where I, Julius Marble looked like Wilt Chamberlain for a second. So that, that was exciting to see. And of course, um, this happens every other game. Julius Marble uh, tees it up for a very long two. Um I, I look at my window, and I think, uh, how fast can I cannonball out of it? I can't believe he's shooting a lawn, too. What on earth are you doing, Julius? How oh, oh, it's the, the cleanest swish you've ever seen in your entire life. So, yeah, he's oddly found a spot uh, two feet in front of the three-point arc that he's, what, I think shooting 97% on the season four right there. And the last uh, player that I just want to point out before getting into some more broad things in the next segment is I love that they just went to Gabe Brown early in this game. There was a quote throughout the week after practice that I was actually a little alarmed by. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but it was along the lines of, uh, this was from, I believe, Julius Marble saying that Gabe Brown went up to the team or was asking around teammates that he, he was he was losing his confidence and he needed help. He needed to get hype back up. And that, that, that was concerning that, A, uh, you know, he's admitting that he is losing confidence, which I don't, you know, that's not shocking, but what shocked me was that it got as bad as that he had to ask around and look for teammates to help him get him out of it, like, they couldn't see that on their own, okay, well, it worked, it worked, now, small sample size is just one game, listen, we've seen him have a great game against Rutgers, and then turn around, and then still, you know, have those shooting problems right after that, but it's out in the open, he voiced it, and I think the team understands it. He understands it. I love that they went to him early, getting him three three-point attempts in the first half, of which he made two of, which is great, and then ending the game on 13 points with three of five shooting beyond the arc. Okay. How on earth do you eat an elephant? You do it one bite at a time. How on earth do you get out of a shooting slump? It just doesn't happen like that. It is a bit by bit, but I think they took the first bite at getting that problem taken care of. And what better time to take care of a problem than, well, February 26th, or, I don't know, I'm, I'm bad with dates, whatever date the game was on. Um, yeah, so, again, so this is, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's fixed, I'm not saying it's fixed, but it was a very, very nice sight for these eyes to see, and probably a very, very incredible sight for the eyes of Gabe Brown to see as well, seeing some shots fall, and hopefully that this is turning the corner of bad confidence into... Moxie Gabe Brown to end the season. So really impressed with those four things. We got four more that I want to address here on the other side 
of this quick little break here. I just got to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. That's right. I can't think of a better treat to have as we gear up for March Madness than Built Bar. Um, these taste incredible. Right here in the ad copy, it says uh, they taste as good as a, uh, a candy bar. But uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to do one better than that. They taste even better than a candy bar. If you don't believe me, find it out for yourself. Uh, go get yourself, you know, just Built Bar. The, 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 uh, I can't talk. The mint brownie. The coconut. Coconut almond. Uh, the white chocolate cookies and cream. Or get yourself some Built Puffs. That's right. A protein-infused marshmallow wrapped in 100% real chocolate. Tastes so good. I, like, sensationally good. And they're not just good on the taste buds either, guys. They're good on your body. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, just 4 grams of net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So go treat yourself and go treat your wallet as well when you go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off your order. One more time. Go to built.com, smash in that promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off and gear up for March Madness with some Built Bars. All right, four down, four to go here. And we're, okay, we're finally going to address uh, the, the elephant in the room, and we can laugh about it now because hey, MSU won. Okay, the, the item number five of which really impressed me from Saturday is the fact that they were able to win despite looking like they were uh, outwardly trying to lose at the end of each half. Uh, Walker just gunning it to the three-point shooter like uh, Darius Snow off a safety blitz to end the first half and giving them three free throws. Uh, that was an interesting strategy. And then, uh, of course, the last point four seconds. Uh, if MSU were to lose this game, I wouldn't have faulted the FBI for looking more into the shenanigans of what happened there for, for some point shaving, but that's that's mostly a joke. Um, we can laugh about this now. 0.4 seconds. Off the top of my head, I can name 42 things to do with the basketball. Throw it as high in the air as possible. Have it land in the middle of the court. Just have someone touch it. Literally, hand the ball to the guy in front of you. Or I was talking with my brother after the game on the phone, and we both agreed that just give a firm chest pass to Zach Eady. Probably take the guy at least 0.4 seconds to even realize what the hell just happened and why am I holding the right, eh, buzzer sounds game over. Um, we gotta work on our less than a second to go at the end of the game of the three point lead situation on the other end of the court because uh, throwing it to Purdue's bench, I, 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 that does not appear in my list of 42 things I could rattle off right there. I just anyway. We could laugh about it. Uh, Michigan State really fell apart at the end of both halves there, but didn't matter, though. Uh, safe to say, I, I think Tyson Walker made up for what he did at the end of the first half. So, uh, yeah, not losing too much sleep over that, but good job to to win that game despite, uh, wow, that was quite the uh, quite the ending there. Thanks, and let's never, ever do that again. All right, back to some more like actual good things that we want to hear about. Uh, number six. The disparity in the fast break, uh, and this is a total box score play that I'm doing right now. Michigan State, 19 fast break points. 16 points off turnovers. Purdue, how many fast break points did they have? Two. They had two fast break points. It was absolutely, positively insane, if, if not just for one time this season, to see the tables turn. And now Michigan State was the team that was watching their opponent cough up the ball with just 
No reason to. Uh, Just effortless turnovers on Purdue's part. Something that Michigan State has made a trademark of this entire season. And instead, Michigan State just turned the ball over ten times. Like, oh my god, Like this is what it's like being the other team every time you watch a game with Michigan State? Like, this this is great. (laughs) I can get used to this. So, now we're all the turnover problems fixed here. No, I, I think the sample size uh, of you know bad games with turnovers is a little bigger than just what we saw on Saturday. But I, if you're a believer, if, if you fall in love with the romantic uh, energy around March, that's going to make you believe. That's going to make you believe that, okay, maybe this team can get their turnovers turnover issues sorted here. Now, I will say, I will add this caveat, that Purdue, not a good team at turning their opponents over. However, there's other teams so far this year, like Illinois, uh, that is not good at that either. Okay, that didn't matter against uh, the Illini because Michigan State still turned the ball over a crap ton. So, yes, but it, just great signs there that, okay, just 10 turnovers. You cut, you, you force the other team to really just play out of control. Fantastic. Let's, let's go keep doing that. Number seven. That's right. We're we going to get to this eventually. Uh, how about best for second last? That new lineup, we knew changes were a coming. We uh, threw some theories out there, some guesses as to what was going to happen. And the new lineup of A.J. Hogard, Max Christie, Gabe Brown, and then the two new guys, Malik Hall and Julius Marble. Tough to say that didn't look good, right? I, they didn't start the game down 10 points. Uh, so, yeah, that was a okay. Thought it was interesting that Gabe Brown stayed in the lineup. But just like we talked about not too long ago, I, I think... Uh, they had a sit-down conversation said, all right, this is how we're going to get your confidence back. You're still starting. We're going to go to you early. So, yeah, uh, obviously not going to knock that move of keeping Gabe Brown in the lineup after his solid game on Saturday. Uh, Malik Hall started the game. D- I, n- nothing sterling from Malik. Uh, you know, that, that happens. What I really like, though, is Julius Marble, and I think that this is just deserved because he's played himself into the starting lineup. Uh, he's really improved his defense in, in the last few weeks because it was not in a good spot. But, yeah, n- now he's starting to look solid out there. And his offense, yeah, I mean, it's it's as good as you could hope for this group of big men right here. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to turn into Kofi Coburn and have this uh, great post-up game and everything like that. But, no, like, I, I think Marble is the guy that you have to go to. And what I really liked, though, what I really, 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 really liked about all this is Joey Hauser off the bench. And no, that's not me just saying, like, yeah, he should just be on the bench all the time. Like, no, I think I think this is what he needed. I, I think he needed a little bit of pressure off of him. Watching the game from the sidelines, watching it unfold for a little bit before getting into that game. And also, yeah, I, I know it's uh, probably not a big difference because you're still kind of playing the similar minutes. But going from starting to the bench the, mentally, that, that probably helps lower expectations and pressure. And I really feel like he played a little more free. You know, uh, he got eight points. You know, I'm not saying he had like 25 points, but he had eight points. Solid game, especially uh, that three-pointer he shot from the dairy store with the shot clock expiring. Uh, well, say, uh, Michigan State won by three points. So, yeah, I would say that was a pretty big shot he hit as well. So, yeah, I think that's uh, going to be the starting lineup the rest of the season here. Get both your captains in the starting lineup. Have Julius Marble be that five and have guys like Joey Hauser come off the bench, and Marcus Bingham off the bench as well. And number eight, the thing I was really impressed with, uh, just, you know, th- this is off the team. This is uh, away from the box score. This was in the crowd. Th- th- I thought the crowd 
was spectacular at Breslin Center. Uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt that Mel Tucker's in the zone, firing uh, everyone up in there. But Izone got it going early off the bat. Uh, I was watching from home on TV. They just sounded loud, and I've heard from a lot of people that were actually at the game that, oh, yeah, they brought it. And uh, tip of the hat to them. Uh, of course, the Izone's always going to be in the team's corner, but whew, you lose five of your last six, you're kind of limping into this game. Um, there's a lot of fan bases that might get a little more timid, not uh, go as hard for their team. But that's that's not how the Izone rolls, man. Uh, they, they backed these guys. They, they, they saw their team struggling, and, and, and they uh, completely brought the energy from the get-go. Absolutely, positively love to see that. And, uh, you know, interesting that, no court storming after the game. <laughs> um, uh, that's what happens at serious programs, though. Uh, you just, yeah, you, you beat teams, and uh, winning is kind of expected. And you just celebrate amongst yourselves, and then probably go to Rick's or Harper's, get absolutely hammered, and then uh, try to shake it off on Sunday and do it all over again the next time there's a game. So th those are the eight things that really impressed me, guys, uh, throughout the game. I'm sure there's a lot more. If you have more that you want to add, hit me up, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. This is going to be a packed week as far as uh, just game previews go, some post games go, as we have three games to preview for. Uh, with Michigan, Ohio State, and Maryland all coming down the pike this week. So, oh, God, just, it feels like March. It feels like March. Like, not only was the MSU-Purdue game so good, but right after to watch Kentucky-Arkansas, that, that game was a treat. That was a delight. And then Auburn-Tennessee, fantastic. You got St. Mary's absolutely just giving it to Gonzaga. Like, oh, my God, March is upon us. March is upon us, and... Uh, I don't think I'd be this happy about March being upon us, but you know what? What when your team wins and they start to look okay here at the end of the season, I'm not dreading March Madness uh, anymore. That is an opinion subject to change at any given moment because you guys know me, uh, very emotionally unstable when it comes to Michigan State. But for now, for now, for now, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're liking March Madness again. So let's go, baby. All right, go Green. Love every single one of you. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Now go make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. That's right, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Free and available wherever you find folks. Get your podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Love you all. Go Green.